I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before you, uh, to quote um, Kelis, before you, my whole life was a cappella. Do, 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 do. Come and revive me, I can't feel my heartbeat. Just me surviving alone. Before you. you, my whole life was a cappella. See what you do, Finn. You let Marcus fucking bring a song in, and I have to finish it. <laughs> Love is in the air, everybody. Welcome to Ramble Reacts. Liverpool get their first league win of 2023. It's Tuesday, 14th of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm David Cartledge. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh, what have you got me? Happy, like the same as I always get you. Oh, not on, not on air. Don't say it on air. A big old French kiss. <laughs> <laughs> David, you're invited. Yeah, yeah, he always is. Uh, I'm definitely coming. Never, <laughs> yeah, careful. Um, uh, yeah, gentlemen, here we are. Uh, we've just, uh, you know, we, we've the dust has settled on another Merseyside derby. Um, but I would like to say that yesterday uh, was not only the latest Merseyside derby, it was also the 21st anniversary of Darius Vassell scoring an absolute peach of a volley for England away against the Netherlands. What are you doing? <laughs> 
I'm reacting. Well, you, the thing I don't like about this is you don't put this in the running order so we can all go, yeah, we're not going to do that. You just bring it in anyway. The running order's there for us to use. We know what we're talking about. And you start off with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's my own Valentine's Day gift to myself. Yeah. What did you go to for Valentine's Day? I just watched um, The Rise yeah. of Cell Golf on YouTube. I'll tell you what, it got me going, that Beckham Would cross. Would the game anyway. improved with him playing yesterday, do you reckon? It's quite possibly. I think they. I think maybe Klopp showed that to his players. Quite possibly. Um, but uh, but we'll never know. Um, but there was a Merseyside derby. Liverpool won it two nil. Uh, goals from Salah and uh, Gakpo, or Hakpo as it probably is. But we're going with Gakpo. And uh, I, incredible that it's Liverpool's first win uh, in in the Premier League this year. I mean, they did win on the thirtieth of December, I think. You know, so it's it's one of those stats that. Well, it's not this know, year, though, is it? We have years for a reason, don't we? <laughs> we, we can't argue with years. Yeah, uh, we're not gonna. We're not in the business of doing that. Our years a conspiracy theory. We don't have time to to go into that. But um, David, I'm going to come to you. Uh, what did you make of the game in general? Do you think are Liverpool back? No, Liverpool is definitely not back. You know, they're <laughs> <gonna> have... <laughs> no, they're going to have games like this where they where they do impress and there are certain, you know, some shades there of the old Liverpool, absolutely. Mm. But I don't think fully as a unit they are back. So, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of positives to take from that game. I thought they were really impressive um, on the counter. Um, but ultimately, I thought they were up against an absolutely appalling Everton. Like, really pathetic we're mm. talking about here. Mm. Um, just spineless. I mean, that sort of performance, I think, is unforgivable in any game. But I think to turn up in the derby and offer that, yeah. put that out on the field, yeah. there was nothing there. I think that's harsh. I think that's a bit harsh. Really? Yeah, because I think that they're a work in progress with a new manager. And I think that it's you know Liverpool are still Liverpool, so they're not really in brilliant form. We know that, but they're still a good team. It's away from home. I think they could have been more aggressive. They could have shown more definitely. I'm not saying it was a good performance. Mm. But I think... I don't know if it's. I don't think it's that. I don't think it was that bad. And I think actually, ultimately, right. ultimately, hang on, hang on, just let me finish. Ultimately, the two goals Liverpool scored did come from errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two errors that meant they scored. I mean, the first goal Pickford is. I mean, you could do a DVD. I mean, if people still made DVDs now, which they don't, you could do what a do whole DVD like Danny Baker's own goals and gaffes or whatever, just yeah. on Jordan Pickford in the Merseyside derby. You've got um, <laughs> the decimation of Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah. You've got the game for a million saves back in September. You've got the crossbar conundrum game four oh, years ago when Origi that, scored. And you've right. got no man's land tonight when he was just, no, no one knew what he was doing. I think it's an absolute yeah. compendium of Merseyside moments. But I think that if you look at it, David, the goals that Liverpool scored did come from two big errors one from Pickford, one from Cody, which despite what he said in the post match interview, Cody, um, he should have. That should have been Rosetti. He should have launched that, and he didn't. And there's no excuse for it, despite him trying to make excuses afterwards. Yeah, that, that's two. That's two individual areas for the goals. And, well, David, I think what yeah, I, yeah. I think to, to 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 sort of interpret what Luke's saying there is Liverpool two errors. Tom Davis should have probably scored his header. So I think Luke is saying that Everton should have won that game one 0 yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, honestly, I, I mean, look, there was the individual errors, absolutely. Did you honestly think it was that bad, David, honestly? Yeah, I really yeah. do. I thought they were that bad. I thought that is, honestly, if I'm watching that, especially after you've watched that Arsenal game as well, and you're thinking, all oh, right, okay, nice bit of a confidence lift that. Now, that, I, I almost thought the derby mm. was the perfect next game to go to. I know what you mean. Got that, that win. Yeah. Got, got the win on the books. Got that in, can go in the derby and just really set about. Mm. There was nothing. There was no so individual errors. Completely agree. I totally give you that. 
but there was no response mm. at any point, even away from the individual errors. There was no collective play. There was nothing. They were just hoofing balls up to Ellis Sims. Um, and it was just really, really bizarre performance, I thought. I, honestly, I'd be so gutted if I was a fan watching Well, Cody that. said himself, yeah. didn't he, in the, in the, the post-match, he, he was trying to get his head around the performance and he said, we were nervy the first half. And he was like, I don't know why. Mm. And seldom do, yeah. you, do you hear a player say that. I mean, maybe... Some he is think quite honest, it, Cody, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's very honest. Well, he was very honest yeah. when he, he honest screamed mistake, in Andrew Andrew Robertson's face. F oh, that was F brilliant. That was twice, um, which was perhaps the most pleasing moment. What was he saying, Marcus? He was using the F word. Yeah. Yeah, twice. Um, he, he was telling him to clear off in a very vulgar way. But <laughs> clear off. Like, uh, who was the referee like, that to Tony David Adams? Hillary. David Hillary, that's right. Yeah. Clear off. Tough. Yeah, I don't think Conor Cody has ever told anybody in, in his life to clear off. Let's no. Be, let's be very clear about that. No. But, I, I, yeah, I think... It, I know what you mean, Dave. I, th- I think it was quite surprising. However, I think the manner of the Liverpool performance and the crowd at Anfield, all the rest of it, actually, really, I think that was a lot of fuel for Liverpool. And mm. Everton maybe were... I don't know. It, yeah, I can't quite put my finger on it, much like Cody himself. Yeah, it was strange. I think I think Cody's interview was was quite interesting, as you say. And I think he automatically is gutted straight away. He was like, "Right, what, oh, what have we just done out there? Mm. Not much. They just didn't put a tackle." So you know about the atmosphere as well. You can completely curtail that mm. by putting in a few your own tackles and setting about it. They they just didn't at all. Honestly, it sounds maybe it sounds a bit mad given his goal scoring record and what have you. I would have had Malpay playing. I would have as well. You just 100%. know. He would have just got stuck in. Mm. He would have rattled through somebody yeah. in the open five, ten minutes. Robertson wouldn't have been walking around laughing his head off and everything like that because he would have been clattered. And it changes the entire yeah, tone I, I, and I, the approach of the game. I think that's right. I think I, I, I kind of made a note of that when I was watching the game. Thinking, I do kind of understand why Dyche played Sims. I think there is a bit of a history in derby games, particularly Merseyside derby games, I think, where... Um, you get a young player in who kind of gets to make their name in this game and they're fearless. They're, they're mm-hmm. not kind of necessarily the type of player that if they get to that level at that age, they're not really nervous. They don't really have miles on the clock to become jaded by the whole thing and they can really take a game by the scruff of the neck. I, I think that Sims had the opportunity, I don't want to be too harsh on him because he's a young kid, but he had the opportunity to hold the ball up a number of times and bring other players into play. And he didn't really do that. Now, you can yeah, you I can agree. write that off because of the occasion and because of the because of the game uh, itself. And that, it goes like that with young players. I definitely would have played Morpai. I said on the show on, on Monday yesterday that I thought, you know, I thought he'd definitely go with Morpai. It seems like a no-brainer. But I guess the reason I'm not being as harsh on them as you guys perhaps are is because I just do think they're a, they're a, they're a work in progress. Mm. I think they're, they're at the moment they're a team of far below the sum of their parts, mm. and um, they will. I think they eventually will be fine. I mean, they play Leeds at home next. I think I fancy them to win that. Mm. Um, so I, I think I think yeah, it wasn't great. Um, I thought they tired a bit as well. They looked like they were low on confidence. Liverpool looked like they could have cranked it up a bit more if they wanted mm. to, despite their issues. Um, so I, I just thought it was perhaps an indicative performance of a team in the position they're in with a new manager and, and all that kind mm. of stuff. Um, but, I mean, Liverpool were full of energy. They were, they were full of beans, weren't they? Yeah. And, and and that, you know, as you said uh, moments earlier, Luke, you know, that that's still tough to play against when it does show signs of, of clicking. Obviously, I, I agree with you, David. I don't think they're, they're kind of back. But one of the things that, that Liverpool did... Uh, they've not been doing so much as they looked much more solid and much more kind of fluent in midfield with Henderson and Fabinho in there a little bit more energised but the young lad Stefan Bajcetic 
he was magnificent. You talk about young players making their names, uh, name for themselves and so on. I think he's, what, 12 appearances for Liverpool, five in the Premier League. That was his fifth. I mean, bloody hell. Like, it, it, such maturity. And then even in the post-match interview when he stood there with Mo Salah. Absolute loving, wasn't it? It was a loving. It was, it was, it was. well, I mean, it, you know, just... Valentine's Day. Exactly, yeah. They, they were, you know, it was Valentine's Day Eve for them, of course. But uh, he, he, he looks like and sounds like a very mature young man at the age of 18. In fact, do you know what? He's not a man, he's a child, because you're a child between the ages of 1 and 18, believe it or not. So, uh, Where are you going with this? I'm just saying <laughs> that, you know, mind how you go, uh, Mo Salah. <laughs> but, um, no, I don't know. She's taking a turn. I'd like to see you carry on with this, actually, this particular line of, uh, of, of observation. Keep going. It's Valentine's Day, after all. Look, he, he, he's, he, he, yeah, I, I, I will stop there <laughs> yeah. because I was about to say some things. Did you see how Bajetic was like, he had a massive beaming smile on his face when Salah was talking about how he's been really good and all the rest of it. He was loving yeah, of it. of course. But he, did, he didn't seem phased. He didn't seem phased when he was on the pitch. He didn't seem phased off the pitch. You know, I mean, you look at a player like that, David, if you're a Liverpool fan, you think to yourself, bloody hell, we've got a player here. Oh, definitely. His post-match interview was definitely a reflection of what he's like on the pitch. Extremely composed. Just to, uh, You know, a game like that can get really busy, really chaotic, but uh, he just seemed very focused on his own game. Um, he, you know, and that, I think that's what he, he kept with him. And then you could just see it carry through the game and he, and he just grew and grew. I thought he was brilliant first half, got even better second half. His passing was very, very good. His reading of the game was really good. He put in a few good tackles as well. Definitely. He said in the interview after that he really likes a tackle, which is really nice to hear from a young player as well. Also, like if you, if you look at what he was up against, it's a bit, you know, in, in the middle of the park like that, mm. where he was operating a lot of the time, it's a bit like a hobbit in in, in the world of the orcs in Middle Earth. Do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> surrounded by really physical players, and and mm. and Dyche picked that team for a reason. He's like Decore, Gay. Yeah. Onana, Cody, mm. Tarkowski, all operating in that area yep. that, and mm. to the extent Coleman as well, actually, all mm. operating in that area that Bacetic was in, and he wasn't phased by it, and he was physical. He knew, he, he knew it was one of those games, to use like an old Sunday league phrase, like you had to earn your right to play, you know, you had to really kind of stand <laughs> up to it. Yeah. And he did really do that, and not only did he do that, he flourished, and that's the kind of game for a young player that burnishes a reputation that really gives him like the steel he needs mm-hmm. to kind of really flourish in the Premier League. I thought he was outstanding. And I think he's just such a lovely, fresh-faced boy as well. Like, yeah, that, he just looks yeah. like a good lad that, you know, if, if your daughter brought him home, you'd be very, yeah. very happy with that. Nice lad, good, good, nice, good hair. You know, yeah. good, good all round, really. Nice socks rolled down, which is the fashion among the youngsters mm-hmm. these days, Marcus. Earns well, too. Yeah. You know, pays <laughs> keep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not going to worry about it, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Just you've got to think about the important things in life. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. But but the, the midfield looked a bit more like a clock midfield, I think. Yeah, they looked and, better without the ball, didn't they? But yeah, then again, but they, but that, that takes you back to Davis' central point at the start, which is that you know if you talk about who Everton have got next, and you wonder if they're going to win that. You know, Liverpool's next examination, if you like, is at St James's Park. That'll yeah. tell you a lot more about That's whether right. they're actually back on the horse or not, or whether that horse yeah. has bolted and gone off over the field because you're not going to have it anywhere near their own way at, away at Newcastle this season. Mm. Not a chance. Yeah, but but I but I do think your point, Luke, about the the, the two goals were, were were from errors, is is certainly one. I, I suspect that had they not have scored that second goal in in that manner, I think they probably would have found a second goal. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. And they created they created enough. But what I mean, the, the, you mentioned Jordan Pickford there. I mean uh, earlier, the first goal. I thought to myself, like, just what on earth was he doing? I mean, look, as everybody knows, as as you chaps are, I'm a huge England fan, and Pickford seems to play well for England and seems to have his focus, which is what I'm very much concerned about. But for Everton, when he makes those kind of errors, you do wonder where his head's at a little bit. I know this is nothing new, and we've we've said it before. I think he's exposed a lot by Everton. I think this is the difference here. Look, at Everton, he hasn't got a structure or a system in front of him. If if England's had anything over the recent years with Gareth Southgate, it's consistency, continuity in terms of the mm-hmm. you know the, the the structure and the organisation that they have. That's so comforting for a goalkeeper. It changes the dynamic of everything. I think so. Pickford's a lot more sure and relaxed there for a start. Whereas with Everton, he's facing a lot of shots as well. Like he's one of the I think he's one of the keepers in the league who's facing the most shots. Mm-hmm. So he's exposed a lot of the time, and it will just give him jitters, I think. And he is. We've seen over the years he can be he can be brilliant, and then suddenly he's one of those goalkeepers like Hugo Lloris who can just inexplicably come up with a gaff out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, basically, so what you're saying is he needs Harry Maguire in front of him. 
Well, Basically, yeah. yeah. Well, Man United don't seem to think that like, Harry Maguire needs to be in front of anyone. So, well, I, I mean, he, he, look, clean sheet away to, to Leeds, my man. I think Pickford is. Um, I think Pickford is a kind, a kind of goalkeeper who just wants to be involved, right? And that manifests itself in positive and negative ways. We talked about mm. that. I said it earlier. You know, all the things that he's done in the Merseyside derby is just off the top of my head. But I think it's also wider it's a wider point about how goalkeepers are anyway these days like a goalkeeper now roughly I think if you're someone who's come to football you're a bit younger or you've come to football in in the Premier League you know more recently I would I would say that goalkeepers have gone from basically airline pilots where they're calm no mistakes (laughs) just deliver what you need to deliver get the flight in on time they're now basically fighter pilots they're taking risks. They're going all over like the that. place. They're they're attacking. They're doing all this other stuff, and it's yeah. a very different. To, you know, I imagine. I don't know much about it, but I imagine an airline pilot is very different to a fighter pilot, and they've yeah. had to make that transition. And Pickford is a fighter pilot by nature. You know, he's just he's just one of those people. So he's almost like the grand example of that. And I think once that narrative is is kind of implanted in the media's mind, everyone just looks for that confirmation bias. He's, he's not very in vogue at the moment. And that's why there's a similar discussion around David De Gea as well and whether Man United need to move on from him. I think, you know, I mean, David Raya from Brentford is probably going to be available in the summer. And you just know for a fact that a lot of top clubs are going to go for him because he is what he is one of the goalkeepers who is a, a you know, who, who can do everything, who can play with his feet primarily, but he's also a very good goalkeeper as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. also on, on the pick for error for the goal specifically, guys, I would say that like, it's a devastating counter-attack. I mean, the ball's in the back of the net. From, from Liverpool getting the ball off that corner, yeah. I mean, obviously Everton were unlucky not to score from. I think, I think eight or nine seconds later, it's in the back of the net. I'm not mm. saying that Salah wouldn't have finished it anyway, but Pickford's got to give him a, a challenge. And he didn't. Mm. So, you know, uh, maybe maybe the goal happens anyway. Maybe it doesn't. Regardless of that, it's on Pickford. It's on him. You know, it will go down as an error. It will go down as another error in his in his reel. Um, and he's just... These two games against um, mm. Liverpool have just been the, 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 each side of the coin with, with Pickford. In September, he's just ridiculous. Makes so many saves. And then tonight, um, didn't, he didn't really do an awful lot at all. What, did you like it when he shoulder barged Andy Robertson? Or well, you that know kind the of answer to that. <laughs> yes, because he's not your goalkeeper currently. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, that goes to show, doesn't it? He's getting involved there. He's trying to g everybody up, but then there was a lot of pushing and shoving, and it was all better handbags. David, that's a, that's food and drink for you, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. But David, you're from the north of England. Sure, that's a bit of you, isn't it? <laughs> like, oh man, I, yeah. I was going to say that's my it's my bread and butter and ham and peas pudding. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that really is. And my, he's a fellow a fellow Macam, isn't he? Yeah, he is Washington. Yeah, yeah, Pickford. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, like it's just a shame we had to wait eighty-five minutes for it. And I think that's where a lot of my frust- frustration with Everton stems from. They just didn't really. I oh, just got out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just rattled them a little bit, and they just didn't until the eighty-fifth minute when the game was already over, and it felt a little bit like, oh, well. Well, you felt it was a bit of a token effort. Yeah, I do. I really. I thought. I felt like it was a little bit forced in a way. I don't think it was really genuine yeah. or anything like that. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was just a bit of like frustrating annoyance at probably yeah. the performance. Well, I think that's. I think that's right. You know, we, we mentioned earlier that, that, that Cody was surprised at the, the nervousness. You, you, you think? You know, I know that a couple of Liverpool fans that I was chatting to were concerned about Everton's physicality in the centre of the pitch. You got Dyche in there as manager. He's been brought in for a reason. Um, it motivates the players get everybody up for it, get stuck in, blah, 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 blah. I was hoping for a little bit of aggro on the touchline between Klopp and Dyche. They've I'm had honest. a bit of history, haven't they, as well? Well, of course they've had a bit of history. Um, the, the, then when Burnley played at Anfield uh, in the past, uh, it was all good stuff. Uh, Sean Dyche, well, that's what literally what he said. Nothing, two managers fighting for their teams. 
no, all good stuff. Don't worry about it. You know, he also said that Klopp felt my coat wasn't good, uh, much like John McGinn. Um, uh, if you remember, that was great. That, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there were, I think it was the only thing I've ever said that went viral, and I was repeating what someone yeah, else said. <laughs> that, that was when Mag- yeah, that. it was when um, McGinn uh, said to Sean Dyche on a touchline spat, "You've been in the Premier League for six seasons. You're, just, you're still wearing the same shit coat. You big prick. <laughs> 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 you big prick." Dice is from that breed of very kind of old-fashioned types in that with that kind of thing. And I do think, you know, there's a certain amount of stuff that goes on. We've all played football at, you know, obviously a, a much poorer level, but there is a certain amount of it where, you know, you get stuck into it during the game and after the game, if you're, if you're a decent type, you know, you shake hands and all move on with your lives. And I think there's probably a bit of that in, in the professional game as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd which, say do you know, so. Marcus, the other example of it is when the, you see the media reporting on these training ground bus stops, which basically probably happen every single day. Yeah, but, but yeah. for some reason they get wind of one or two, and they, it's a slow news day, so they pipe up about it. So, so how many times did you think John Hartson booted Al Berkovich in the that face? That was probably then? an exceptional case, I would say. <laughs> well, you reckon he did it every day? They just they just took a photo of him that day. By the way, we've got wind that this happens all the time. Yeah. We're bound to snap one of them. Well, right, we've it's, got like, it. it's like being a plane spotter at an airport. Get yourself down there. You'll see one sooner or later. <laughs> There it is. Thanks very much. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, yeah. The mind boggles, quite frankly. How big a win, though, is this for Liverpool? Sort of joking aside, because we. we well, David thinks the they're playing ground against fucking Gosport Vikings under ten. So presumably, yeah, not well, a very good one. no, but 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 you go all the way back to when they beat Bournemouth nine nil um, in the league at Anfield, and then you can cherry pick a few results. You go, oh, oh there it is. But it's not obviously quite happened, really. There's now chat that if Liverpool can go to St James's Park and win, what what would they be, three points behind Newcastle United with a game in hand? You know, top four is is still there, um, uh, you know, for Liverpool. There's still a lot of football to be played. Do you think that is all quite fanciful, David? Because, again, we've seen Liverpool get a few good... I mean, when they beat Manchester City 1-0, yeah, for crying out loud, mm. when, when, when Haaland was scoring goals for fun. I mean, you could argue that he still is, but he's... It was ridiculous at, at that particular time, um, but they didn't kick on. And I yeah. just, I just wonder yeah. with the midfield three combination that Klopp got today, I thought he may well think actually, you know, that could roll that out much more often at, uh, towards the end of the season. They can certainly be better. I, I can absolutely see them getting better. Whether they can sustain it enough to challenge, say, Man United, Arsenal, and Man City, there right at the top, I'm not too sure. I think the other teams are in different places right now in terms of their development and what have you and, and their confidence and everything like that in terms of how they're set up. So I don't think Liverpool's in the right place to do that right now. But, I mean, they will get better. They've got Firmino back today as well. So there's a lot of positives. Um, you know, Gakpo got his first goal yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Darwin's just... Look, I, I think Darwin's... Honestly, he, he gets a bad rap. He plays at 100 miles an hour I love watching sometimes. him play. Yeah, I really like him as well. I really like him. He just he, sometimes he just needs to slow down a little bit. I think you know, find a little bit of composure, and I think the goals will just absolutely David, just I, flow I, in I, for him once. He I goes. think his I think his biggest barrier is to me. He looks like a proper instinctive player, and when everything's happening mm. that fast, he hasn't got to think about it. He looks very very good, and then when he has a little bit of time to settle down and do things and and really think about it, um, he's. He can look like I think he can look like a poor player to be honest. But he's twenty three, yeah. and so you, you fancy him to improve. Um, and he's definitely Marcus. You're absolutely right. Definitely exciting player to watch. You, you, you're, he's one of those players that you know as a neutral, you're pleased when he's in the team uh, that you're about to watch. And I think on the top four question, um, 
I would normally say it's not necessarily points, it's the teams above that you've got mm. to overhaul. But actually, at the position in the season that we're in, you know, I don't necessarily think anyone could properly argue that Liverpool would need to be at their best to overhaul Brentford, Fulham and Brighton and possibly Spurs, who would seem to be just painfully inconsistent. So, mm. you know, I think that's significant, but I do think that there's a certain amount of destiny when it comes to Newcastle who by the way have only lost one Premier League game this season and when they aren't playing well they don't yeah. tend to lose you know if you no, look they're, they're going for this really dodgy patch where they've drawn five yeah. of their last six they haven't lost any of them no I mean the, the defence is airtight as we said the other yeah. day I mean it's funny when you shape the, the top four question like that because as far as I'm concerned if Liverpool did beat Newcastle United it, it would do Spurs, Brighton, Fulham and Brentford a favour that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's the way you should be looking at it, mate. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, I, but I, I think it's a massive... I don't know what Dave and, and you think, Marcus, but like it, going to Newcastle at the moment is a massive test because, as mm. you say, they're defensively solid. And I think they're a team who kind of smell blood a bit as well, and they will smell a bit of blood with Liverpool because they've lost three of their last five. Liverpool. Yeah, quite possibly. But I think I think if Liverpool can play like that again, you get a bit of momentum. I don't think... The, well, we've spoken at length about Klopp, as, as we all have on, on, the, on the Ramble. And I think as a lot of people do due to backroom staff changes and all the rest of it. So much needs to, to to be sorted out there to get Liverpool back to where they've been in the, in the last couple of years, if indeed they could get back to that. But let's not get bogged down that with that. In terms of reaching the top four, I, it would be a hell of an achievement and a hell of an effort to, to, to do it. I think the jury's still out, though, personally. The other side of this, um, in, in terms of uh, uh, the city of Liverpool, of course, is Everton. Can they stay up? I mean, Luke, you seem to be quite confident that they can. Alex Iwobi revealed that when he first started, Sean Dyche got all the Everton players to write down what would keep them in the league. And Iwobi said, I filled it in. I haven't done that since I was at school. Holding a pen and you're not signing a shirt. That felt weird. You could be <laughs> as brutally honest as you wanted. You could cuss him if you wanted. It's just yeah, mean. But you didn't know, did you, Alex? <laughs> it's just me because he doesn't know that what he said there is weird to us because of the world he lives in. I just don't think you can pile in on him on that. Look, I, I'll, I'll give David the floor, but before I do, I'll just say that <laughs> I think Liverpool are far... Oh, sorry, sorry, Everton, sorry, mm. are more than capable with the players they've got and with the manager they've now got. And they've got enough time as well, don't forget, to stay in the league. Definitely. But if uh, David saw something in the game that I didn't necessarily see, so maybe he feels differently. Yeah, I thought honestly, I thought it was a concern that if you can't raise yourself for that game, that's really, really concerning to me. Yeah. But I think this could also spin it another way. It could be a wake-up call. Then just be a case of get them in the dressing room going, look, if we play like that again or a few more times this season, we're going down. Like, forget about it. We're going down if we play like that again. Mm. And the good thing is it comes now to that fixture at the weekend against Leeds, which is just massive. So that's the, I think that's a big positive from mm -hmm. this. They can completely forget this. Put this one, they put this one away. Bad day on many levels, but now we can go out and play Leeds and actually see if we are really up for it because that is going to be a really, really intense game. Liverpool, uh, sorry, Leeds, sorry, play like in that intense way, in that rapid way, and they're going to go like that again. You know, they're not going to hold back either. Um, I think even though you know they took, you know, I know they lost against Man United, but you saw so much from Leeds over those two games. You know, I've, I've watched th those two games and mm -hmm. taken a lot from Leeds and mm -hmm. look at them in a positive manner, I think. Yeah. And I tell you what, a little wager on uh, Connor Cody scoring an own goal, because as he let that one, the second one go through, he was like, oh, I didn't want to touch it because uh, I thought I might get something end of it. If something goes his way this time round, he'll be swinging his boot in there. So I, uh, <laughs> it could be a little shout there. 
Right, everybody, thank you very much for listening to today's Ramble Reacts. Myself, David and Jim are back tomorrow with the Football Rambles Guide to Patrick Vieira versus Roy Keane. There might not have been many handbags at Anfield last night, but there will be handbags on the Football Ramble tomorrow, so get yourselves I, I look forward to that. I look forward there. to um, Jim trying to find a way of saying that he thought Vieira was better, but at the same time being really scared of Roy Keane. So uh, it'd be good to see the rhetorical... I think he actually does as well. <laughs> the rhetorical yeah. gymnastics that he goes through there. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, David Cartledge. Thank you, Marcus Speller. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.